This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. Today I have with me Amy McFarland. Welcome, Amy. Good morning, Mary. How are you? I am fantastic. So here's the thing. I get um, asked a lot of questions um, from people who have inherited money. And, you know, there's an upside to inheriting money and there's a downside to it. um, And we're going to talk about both of those things. Um, But let me start out by telling you a little bit of a story about um, somebody that we connected with. Um, this, This person inherited about a half a million dollars from her mother. Her her father had been passed away for some time and she inherited um, quite a bit of money and some of it was in her mom's IRA. Some of it were stocks that her mom had owned for many years and some of it was cash in the bank. And uh, what we ended up helping her do was really carefully analyzing the tax impact of what she should do with that money going forward. And then we were able to help her create a really strong plan and use the inheritance that she had to impact her life going forward in a way that was really meaningful to her. And also she felt really honored her mother where the money came from. Um, We adopted something that's called a stretch IRA strategy. And I'll explain what that is. And then um, we paid off her mortgage. So she didn't have any house payment anymore and then set aside a chunk for a rainy day. And then um, this person headed out for a trip to Europe. And what she did in Europe um, was that she planted trees in her mother's name, um, in her mother's honor. So it was kind of a living legacy that she left in a country that was meaningful to both of them while she was on this trip that her mom's legacy really funded. That's a wonderful idea. Isn't that fantastic? And Amy, I know that you've done that before. I know that you've helped people kind of... Um, create something living in, in memory of somebody who's no longer living. Right. Which I think is a beautiful way yes. to honor the memory of someone. Yes, it really is. Yeah. So here's the thing is that um, inheriting money um, comes with strings attached. Yes, it does. <laughs> you don't get... You don't get something for nothing. No, and there's no free ride when it comes to inheriting. And, and the biggest string that is attached is going to be... The tax man string. <laughs> so let's talk about some not-so-fun facts okay. real quickly and kind of lay that out on the table. So the not-so-fun facts are this. So first of all, you have to worry about estate taxes mm-hmm. when you inherit money. Now, if this is your problem, it maybe isn't that big of a problem. But the, the fact of the matter is you can inherit around $5.5 million roughly without having to pay any federal estate taxes. Right. But if you inherit... Inherit more than that, thumbs up, but you're also going to have a big tax bill. And there is some graduated levels, but the top tax bracket is um, 39.6%. Oh, yikes. So anything above $5.5 million, you're going to pay a pretty good chunk to the tax man. So the thing is, you don't want to spend it mm-hmm. before you've settled your taxes. I'm so relieved to know I don't have to worry about this. <laughs> Yeah, most people aren't going to have to, but if you if you have to, yes, be aware of yes. it. The second thing that people don't realize is that it's not just estate taxes that can come out and bite you. It's income taxes. So as I was talking about with the IRA um, that this person had in yes. the story I shared with you, the IRAs haven't been taxed yet. And so the government wants their tax money sure. when somebody passes away. 
Now you have a couple of different options. You can, if you take the IRA money in a lump sum and you're not married to that person, then you're going to pay taxes on it. Right. You're going to pay income taxes on it. So if you had a hundred and fifty or two hundred thousand dollar IRA that you just take, that was your parents, and you take the lump sum, it's like you added another two hundred thousand dollars worth of income to your taxes. Yeah. Like you made that money. Yeah. And what that did was just flip you up one or two tax oh, brackets. Sure. And now you're paying taxes at at a much higher rate on that money than your parent would have or you would have if you kind of spread it out over time. Okay. So that's no fun. No. Not at all. So one of the things that a lot of people consider doing is what's called a stretch IRA. So you can take IRA money when you inherit it and you can break it into what's called a beneficiary IRA. And then you stretch it. So kind of like think of it as elastic. (laughs) (laughs) Or you can think of it like a slinky. You know how the slinky goes down the Mm -hmm. stairs and steps? So from a beneficiary stretch IRA, every year you have to step down the value of it. You have to take what's called a required minimum distribution. And the amount you take is based on a really wacky, complex calculation that takes your age and your deceased parent's age into effect. Oh, wow. And then tells you how much money you have to take out. Oh. But maybe you only have to take out about 4 or 5% of the value instead of all of the value. And if you don't really need the money right now, it's so much better to stretch it because then you get to have your tax bracket stay nice and low and you're not paying unnecessary taxes on money that you're not intending to spend right now. So you get to keep more of it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And the bulk of it can still stay invested and hopefully grow for you. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot wow. of advantages to a stretch IRA and, and people don't even know that that's a thing, that that's something that they can do. Okay. So, okay. The other tax that I want to talk about is state inheritance tax. And unlike federal inheritance tax, state bites a little bit sooner (laughs) and can bite you in ways that you don't necessarily expect. So I'm going to use the state of Iowa as an example. (laughs) My understanding is that the state of Iowa has what's called a lineal descendant uh, kind of generous factor where if you inherit money from your parent, Mm -hmm. you can go down the line. So parent to child is like an upline downline. So you can go up and down the line of lineal descendants without paying a state inheritance tax. So parents can go to children, children can go to parents, vice versa. But the minute that you go outwards instead of up and down the line, then all of a sudden you have a state inheritance tax. So if you leave money to your brothers or sisters, boom, they have state inheritance tax. If you leave money to nieces and nephews, boom, they have state inheritance tax. So you have to be aware if you've inherited money that there is definitely more than one layer of taxes that is coming at you. And that's why I say there are strings attached when you inherit Mm -hmm. money. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. So um, the other thing I want to talk about, uh, or I guess the next thing that I want to talk about is what's called the rule of thirds. So the, the I guess the most fun thing to do with the money is when you inherit it is figure out what to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> nice problem. Yes, it is a nice problem. What would be the first thing you'd do, Amy, if you inherited money? Uh, actually, I think I'd be fairly responsible. I think I'd take care of some things that have maybe household maintenance type things. Um, but I've learned that you need to keep some for yourself or otherwise it's 
it won't feel that satisfying to you. I totally agree with you. Yeah. And that's why we've come up with this idea called the rule of thirds. So here's the way that I think that inherited money or windfall money of any type okay. is, is likely to be best handled. I think you take a third of it and you pay down your debt. I think you take a third of it and you invest it for long-term savings for your mm. own retirement or your own legacy. And the remaining third, I think you blow it and you go have some fun. <laughs> I like that idea. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, money is Because not... it'll feel controlled. You'll feel like you're controlling yeah. what you're blowing. Exactly. Because you set it aside. You know, mm-hmm. you, it's an intentional type yes. of thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I have a very firm belief that money is not just about tomorrow. It also is about today. But there has to be some level of balance between what you're using your money for. Mm-hmm. And using this rule of thirds for inheritance money, I think, is a really sharp way for people to efficiently balance saving for tomorrow and planning for tomorrow and then also honoring today and, mm-hmm. and honoring the legacy of someone that they inherited money from. Okay. So, yeah. all right. So when you pay down your debt... The most common thing that people use inheritance money for is paying down their mortgage. Oh, okay. And I love that. I, I, I love that idea of paying down a mortgage with inheritance money, and here's why. Um, you know, where you live is pretty important. Usually it's a meaningful spot for you. Mm-hmm. And um, most people have that monthly payment that they're making. And when you don't have to write that check anymore every month, and when it's for the space that you live in, you sleep in, you raise your family in, um, there is a great emotional connection that is like an ongoing monthly thank you to the person you sure. inherited money from. Um when you don't have to write that mortgage payment check yes. anymore. Oh, oh, my gosh. Thank you, Mom. Yeah. I don't have to write that check this month. <laughs> yes, yes. And for many, most people, that is their largest investment, too. Yes, absolutely. That is very true. Okay, so the um, long-term savings component of this is more along the lines of either retirement or legacy planning. And the retirement or legacy planning that I'm talking about is if it's maybe you inherited an IRA, maybe doing this stretch IRA concept so that you can leave the bulk of the money there for your own retirement when you're ready to retire. Or taking money that you did inherit and setting it up in a way that it will provide an income for you when you get to your own retirement age. Sure. So long-term savings, what I'm talking about is putting money aside, using a third of it for long-term savings to um, utilize when you're no longer working yourself. Now, a lot of times I have people say to me, well, I inherited this money from my parent I want to make sure that I preserve it because I want to pass it down to my kids. Okay. And I love that idea too. Yeah. Um, some people just shake their head at that idea and say, heck no, I'm using this <laughs> myself. Spending my kids' <laughs> retirement. <laughs> That's right. So, I mean, there's no right or wrong way to do it. But if you're going to preserve some of it for a legacy to leave to your own children, then that third that I'm talking about for long-term savings That could be more of a preservation asset, too, that you're focusing on instead of using it for your own retirement. Sure. And then the third thing is that um, have some fun with it. So what would you do? What would your fun thing be that you would go do, Amy? I think I would probably want to travel. 
Okay. Me, personally. Yeah. Okay. Or buy some furniture, actually. <laughs> Either of those would be really fun. <laughs> well, maybe you'd be Get able a new to do sofa. both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So there's no limit as to what the whole having fun with it looks like. And a lot of people, it, it's so interesting that you answer like that, because a lot of people want to use it for experiences. Ah. Um, that's something they go do. And a lot of people want to use it for material, material yeah. items, stuff car. that they buy. New car. Now you got yep. me thinking. <laughs> You're going to be like, hmm, Mm, what could this be? I'm going to be so depressed after this. (laughs) So the have some fun with it can come in a variety of different kind of ways. Number one, um, it's really fun for some people to give a little bit of cash to other people. Yeah. So like in the have some fun third, this is where I recommend that if you want to give a few thousand dollars or whatever you want to give to your own kids or to your grandkids Mm -hmm. or something like that, then this is the chunk to take that out of, out of the fun money. Um, You know, if you're going to, if you're going to, uh, want to give your kids to share the inheritance, then I think mm-hmm. that this is the appropriate third to take it out of if you're right. giving it currently. So like I said, some people want to be experiential with it. They want to travel. They want to go do something, something like that. And I think that's fantastic. And uh, it creates memories yes. in honor of the person that left you this wonderful inheritance. Um, some people want to buy things and for some people it's a couch or for some people also, it's something like a lake house where they can use the money to buy a property where now their family can create memories and they know that, you know, grandma's money went to buy this lake house that they all get to go to. Um, and so I've, I've seen this third of have some fun money used in a variety of ways. So when I say blow it and have some fun, that can, that I'm kind of facetious when I say that, but I I do think that it needs to be some type of um, expenditure that that you can enjoy now. You can get the feel good from now. You can can have the instant uh, usage of now, something like that. Yeah. Okay. So, and then I think that is a responsible way to do it is to break an inheritance or windfall money down into this rule of thirds. Okay. I think that when you see people not spending responsibly, it's because they're only thinking about one third of this and they're not thinking about the other two thirds. And so um, if you can if you can give yourself permission to say, oh, it's okay for me to have some fun with some of this money, but some of this I'm going to do this over here with it, too, then it really creates a nice balance for people. And it'd be a feel good with what you did. You'd like I said earlier, you would feel in control if it's planned. Absolutely. So back to that ugly little tax bite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the best advice that I can give somebody is that if you do inherit money, before you go spend any of it, really you need to understand the tax consequences of what you inherited and handle them before you spend it. Mm-hmm. And the tax consequences are going to be totally different depending on what it is that you inherited. Right. Okay. So if you inherit real estate, let's say that you inherited a farm. Okay. One of the things that's nice about inheriting a farm is that you get what's called a step up in basis at death. Okay. Now, what that means is 
let's say your parents bought that land for $150 an acre, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and now it's worth $10,000 an acre. And I tell you what, there are people out there listening right now who totally know exactly what I'm talking about. This is so prevalent in the Midwest. So, you know, that that's like a very common story about pricing of land. Well, if your parents would have sold that land while they were alive, they would have paid capital gains taxes on the difference between the $150 an acre that they bought it for and the 10000 that they sold it for. Okay. Big tax bite. But the beautiful thing about tax law around farmland is that when you inherit farmland, you inherit it at today's value, and that's your tax basis. Oh. So if you inherit a farm and want to sell it, then whatever it was worth the day that you your parent passed away and that you inherited it, that's your tax basis. Okay. So if you sell the farm then for the same amount of money that it's worth, you might not have any capital gains taxes that you have to contend with. Wow. So they always say it's better to die with farmland. That's why they're talking about that. Oh. But um, so when you and, you know, people are often really concerned about the taxes on farmland, they think they're going to lose huge amounts of money to the taxes on that kind of property transfer. And the good news is that most of the time you get a step up in basis at death. Wow. Yeah. Now there's always exceptions to the rule, you know, Mm -hmm. and things like that. But that's the general way of um, dealing with it. The other thing is that you have to make decisions when you inherit property Mm -hmm. about whether you are going to sell it. Okay. And that's not always easy. No. You know, I know that there have been people who um, that family farm has been in, in, you know, the family for 100 years. But nobody in the family farms it anymore. It's all cash rented out. And people are in a position where instead of the cash rent, they need the money. And sometimes you're in a tough situation where some siblings need the money and some siblings don't. And then it can yes. get really sticky. Yes. So that's why I'm saying inheritance comes with some strings attached that you have to work through. Yes. So, and I've seen that happen with houses as well. Oh, sure. You know, somebody's parent lived in a house for many, many, many years, and then it's sentimentally very difficult for a person to sell that house. Yes. I think sometimes there's feelings that you're betraying them. Yeah. Yeah. They gave us the house, but we don't want the house. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So... Um, now, if you inherited some stocks, the stocks have a nice um, step up in basis, too. So if, if your parents bought the stock for $10 a share and if it's worth $1,000 a share now, you inherit it at the value that it's worth the day that they pass away. Now, sometimes it takes years for an estate to settle. And you might have a tax consequence because if the stock appreciated from the date of death until you actually cash it out, right. you would pay taxes on the gain during that time period. Ugh. Does that make sense? Yes. And okay. You know, good incentive to get her done. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I will tell you that as unfortunate as this sounds, between the probate process that things go through and taxes and things like that, it sometimes can take a year to two years for even a simple estate to be completely done before all the money can get distributed and you can freely spend what you want to spend knowing what taxes are already needing to be taken out of that. Mm-hmm. So it takes some time. Yeah. So... um. The next thing I want to talk about is what happens if you don't want your inheritance? Oh. <laughs> huh. It's more common than you think. Really? Yeah. So sometimes people don't want the inheritance. They want to just give it to somebody else. Okay. Maybe they feel they're comfortable and, and, and they don't need the money or mm-hmm. whatever reason. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times people want to give property to their children or friends or family members or charity or something like that. 
Um, and so there is a legal way to do something that's called disclaim your inheritance. Oh, okay. Yeah. And if you disclaim your inheritance versus take it and then give it to somebody, it's a whole different taxation mm-hmm. process. So um, if you're pretty sure you don't want to take the inheritance, you're going to want to visit with your attorneys, the estate planning attorneys, about whether it makes more sense for you to disclaim the property or for you to take it and then gift the property. Okay. Does it have to do with the amount? um, Yeah, it does Mm -hmm. have to do with the amount. It has to do with the type Mm -hmm. of asset that it is, you know, and then who it is that you want to give it to and who it is would get it if you disclaim it. So um, there's a lot of rules surrounding that, though, but they're worth digging into and asking. If you don't need the inheritance and you are pretty sure you want to disclaim it and have it go to somebody else, work with your attorneys to figure that out. Okay. That's a big, important thing. So, okay. So we've talked about a lot of things. We've talked about the rule of thirds. If you inherit a big bunch of money, what to do. Pay down that debt with a third, long-term savings with a third, and have some fun (laughs) with a third. We've talked about the tax differences between types of things that you might inherit. Talked about the not-so-fun facts of the estate taxes and uh, what to do if you want to give it away. So I do have a great booklet that we've put together called So You Inherited Money. Now what? (laughs) And if you want to give us a call, we'd be happy to email that booklet to you. You can also go onto our website and and request it, um, 605-217-3555, and um, take a look at that. If you're in a position where you think you're going to inherit money, this is a great thing to just educate yourself ahead of time about. Sure. And if you have inherited money and, and you're wanting some help kind of working through this, it'll give you some ideas. And as always, of course, we're very open to you calling us and, yes. and helping you with that. <laughs> and the website is sterkfinancialservices.com. You got it. Thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. Call us at 605-217-3555 for your free booklet. So, you inherited money. Now what? The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Insurance offered through Sturk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial. Sturk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dune, South Dakota 57049, and can be reached at 605-217-3555.